0: We're going to see how God looked upon Israel in the desert when there were different types of ideologies and thoughts and different types of people. That is, in Israel, their hearts were different, their soul, their thinking. Everything was different. Just the way there are different people here, there were different people there. Numbers chapter 21, we begin reading at verse 4, please. And they journeyed from the Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass. That everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Father, will you take your word, and will you take it and wing it home to every heart, Will you take your word, Father, this evening? And, Lord, would you bring it to every car and every person? We ask you, Father, that you would speak to all manner of people this evening, that you'd encourage your people, you'd bless them and lift them up and strengthen them. Maybe someone needing a healing touch from the Master's hand. Lord, would you lay your hand upon them? And, Lord, may they receive healing and strength in their body encouragement to their mind and their soul. And if there's be any here tonight, Lord, that has walked away from you and backslidden in heart and maybe went into the far country, into the world, Lord, we pray that you'd call them back, call them back to the fold tonight, Lord, and speak to them in accents clear and still. And so, Father, we pray, Lord, if there's one that's not saved, Lord, that you would reach them by thy grace. May they come to saving faith and knowledge in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for all that's went ahead, the singing of the songs. We thank you for the music and the singing that Billy brought us with those words of the gospel, Lord. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the blood of your Son. We thank you for the salvation full and free that is found only in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that end, Father, bless your people and encourage us and anoint my lips. And Lord, may I do you this gospel justice through thy spirit and word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Israel were looking a passage to what we call the promised land, to Canaan land, to a land of milk and honey. They were looking to go through, and it was Edom Esau, And Edom Esau stopped them from going through and so they had to make a diversion. And unfortunately they had made other diversions because they got so near yet so far in Numbers chapter 13. In Numbers 13 we're told that Moses was to take a man from each tribe and he sent them across the river Jordan and across into the promised land and there they were to spy out the land. When they spied out the land, they were to see what the cities were like and what the people were like and you see what it was like that God had promised. But yet, when they came back, 10 came back with an evil report. "All oh, the giants are in the land and the cities are walled to heaven and we have no chance in this life. And so off they go again, not listening to Joshua and Caleb saying that we're able to take this land By the power of the Lord, we can do it. Brothers and sisters, we see this evening how it would be so easily for someone's faith to be taken and quenched. When we have negativity around us, whether that's in work or at home, or whether that's even in the church. We're living in a world today, a world of godlessness, a world of ungodliness. And we're living in a world and a nation today that knows not God and they see all that they see as their own strengths and their own abilities and their own wills and their own wants and God is no longer revered in our nation. And so we have a people as in Numbers 21 dejected, discouraged, disillusioned Disgruntled. And here we find different types of people, even in church today, who feel exactly the same. I would say unto you the, this evening that if you are around people who are ungodly and godless, if you're around people who are always negative toward Christ and His gospel, yes, we must try and reach, yes, we must try. And bring them to the cross. And I understand all of that. But sometimes we try to carry them. And we can't carry them. And they end up burdening us down. We're burdened with the weight. Of all that they have. And have not. In God. Notice here. In chapter 21. Now Israel are away on a track from chapter 13. They come again on Edom Esau. Oh that's the. the descendants of that brother who did not even care for the inheritance of God and rather gave it over and gave it up for a pot of soup or stew or lentils. Here Esau gives it over to Jacob and we find now the descendants of Jacob Israel against the descendants of Esau Edom. And Esau Edom think they have the upper hand. They won't allow Israel to pass through their land, but it would be so easy if you let us go straight away and Esau Edom decide they're not letting Israel pass through. Notice the people and how they get discouraged. Notice the people and how they get disgruntled and they murmur against God. And I trust and I pray tonight that we'll learn something from this. And our weary sometimes, especially with things that are happening in our nation and in our land, especially the things that are happening, and we find that there's all rules and regulations and they're one minute they're this way and another minute they're another way, and we have people now against people, dividing the people, and you find it happening here, turning against the anointed leadership and Moses that God had set up and and then they turn to God, and they're angry with Him. People are wanting to know, where is God? People are wanting to know today, where is God? Where is this God that you talk about? Where is this God that you preach about? Where is this God you witness for? Where is this God that give you a testimony that He saved you by His grace? Where is He? What about this disease and these uh, these germs and the virus and all of these things and the wickedness in the nation and what about the uh, the the paedophile rape gangs and all these things that are happening? Where is your God? What about the murders of the young, the ungodliness in our land and what about the young people? What about the suicides and all of the things that are happening, friend? It's horrific. It's terrible. It's heartbreaking. And yet, our people in our nation will still not turn to the God of their fathers. And still the people in our nation, they turn to the left hand and to the right. They turn this way and they turn that way. And in the center of it all, the church has lost her teeth. The church has lost its backbone in many ways. No longer will they preach the word of God, but rather tickle the ears with fanciful stories. And they'll tell you everything. It's all glory and good. Friend, I can tell you, we're in a battle. We're in warfare. Paul likens us on the soldiers to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ, to take courage and not be discouraged. To be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I can tell you, when I got saved, people thought I'd, I'd went off the rails. No, friend. People thought when I got saved that I'd lost the plot. They thought I'd went mad and went nuts. And they said, you've joined the God squad. One came up to me one day, weeks after I'd got saved, and I was walking down York Road with my Bible under my arm, the size of a suitcase, thinking the bigger the Bible, the bigger and holier I would be. Walking down as a young convert and all these guys I used to drink with, standing outside the bar. Summer's night, nice and warm, and I stopped and I says, How you doing, guys? And they're all talking, and one friend came up in a car beside me and he says, Great Ken, are you normal yet? Are you normal yet? And I says, What do you mean? He says, Have you left the God squad? I said, No. I says, I'm going on, and I held my big Bible up. I'm going on with God. And I'm not coming back. I'm not turning to the world again. I'm not giving myself to the devil. He's had too much of my life and no more will I surrender to him. And he sat in the car looking at me and I said, Ivan, I'm under new management and sealed by grace. And God is keeping me every moment of the day and he drove off. Friend, don't you get discouraged, brother, sister? In these days and even though even this night is getting dark, spiritually it's getting darker. Spiritually this nation of ours that once knew God is getting darker. But I can tell you the darker the night, the brighter the light. And you be the light of the world unto many. And Don't be discouraged and don't be afraid and don't be ashamed of Christ and his gospel but rather hold fast that which you have until he come. I believe he's coming soon. I believe the signs of the times are all around us. And the King of kings and the Lord of lords will break the skies. And they shall roll back like a scroll. And we will be with our Lord, our God, our Redeemer, and our Savior. And we will be with him forever. Israel needed to rejoice, not to get weary because of their wandering, because of their walk, and because of the way. First of all, we have a discouraged soul. Look at verse 4, please. And they journeyed from Mount Horde by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. You see, people who are saved by sovereign grace. Brother, sister, let me tell you, you might be discouraged because of the way you've had to walk. Maybe it's been a tough way, physically tough, spiritually tough, mentally tough. Maybe it's been tough. At home and tough and work. And the way that you've been going has been tough. I can tell you, friend, every way seems to be different. But I can tell you, when you're in Christ, there's only one way. And it's the way that is Christ Jesus, to walk with him. And he will walk with you. He will neither leave you nor forsake you. Listen, friend, I want to tell you. Listen to the words of Mohammed. Reported before he died, he says, I don't know the purpose of life. He said, I don't know the purpose of life. Listen to the reported words of Buddha to his followers before he died. He said, go seek truth. Seek truth. And listen to the words of Confucius reportedly before he died. He says, I am not the way. I am not the way, friend, I can tell you. Jesus Christ said in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He fills all three that they could never fill. He says, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Friend, I can tell you, when you're in this way, don't be discouraged. The word discouraged there, it's the first mention of the word. It's the first mention in your Bible of the word discouraged. This is it, the first time mentioned in all of the previous chapters. Do you know what it means? It gives the idea to cut short, to cut off. It gives the idea of harvest, to harvest the crop, to scythe it, to cut it, and to reap it in. It's as though their courage was scythed. Their courage was cut off. Their courage was reaped from them. Oh, you see, friend, the old devil wants to reap your courage. He wants to cut off your courage that you'll no longer walk in faith in the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of the Lord. Notice here the first mention, discouraged, by the way. I can tell you, friend, the first mention of the word courage. Courage is believe it or not, in Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, there when Moses sends the spies that he says, take courage and go. Walk in the courage of the Lord. And those men went out and they seen people like giants and they felt like grasshoppers and cities walled to heaven and you know, it was all in their imagination. Things might have been looking bad, but not as bad as they thought. And that's the way our lives are. The devil always seems bigger. The walls always seem higher. The valley always seems wider. The river always seems deeper. The water always seems greater. The storm always seems bigger. Friend, I can tell you, I know the one who slays giants. And I know the one who goes through the valleys. He's called the lily of the valley. And I know the one friend who walks upon the sea. And with his word he calms the storm. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. The first mention of courage is found in Numbers 13. So we have the discouraged soul. Secondly, we have the murmuring soul. The murmuring soul. Verse five of our reading says, "And the people speak against God. Notice, first of all, blame God, then blamed the leader Moses. Wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, in our soul loatheth this light bread." Do you know what they're uh, in effect what they're saying? The provision of God is not enough. And in fact, they're saying the provision of God is not enough. When we're told that Israel murmured against God through the Scripture, the word murmur just doesn't mean that they had a a bad word for God and a bad word for Moses. It means they went into a mindset. They had like blinkers upon them in a mindset. And nothing would bring them out of their mindset. God let me down. God brought me out and I have no bread. God brought me out and I have no water. God brought us out and now we're going to die in this God-forsaken wilderness. It's God's fault. It's God's fault. Where are you, God? That's the way it reads. And That's the way many people are. Blaming God. God brought them out through the blood of the Lamb. God brought them through the sea and dark dry ground and baptized them unto Moses. God brought them and met their need and the provision of God was not enough. Friend, there's many think that the cross work of Christ, the provision of God for our lives, is not enough. For our sin is not enough. Many think that the cross work of Christ is not enough. Sure, we must do. You know what? I want to get saved, but I'm going to wait till I do my best first. Friend, that's not how it works. I want to get saved, but surely I must work at this first. That's not how you do it. You come repenting of your sin. You come to the cross of Christ believing that the provision of God, he says, Jesus said in John chapter 6, I am the bread of God, the bread of life. He says, The bread of God is He that cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. He says, I am more than enough. And Christ is more than enough to save our souls. And Christ is more than enough to keep us in the way. So there's a murmuring soul who feels, God let me down. So a murmuring soul that says, the minister, the pastor, the church let me down. Friend, you may be let down by them, but remember they're just men. They're just men. It's not them who saves you, but Christ. And a few backslid because of a man. If you went away from God because of a woman, because of a church, because of a hurt friend, your eyes were too much on the men and women and not on God. Not on God. By all means, fall out with man, but never turn your back on God. Notice here, friend, the murmuring soul is stupefied, stupefied by their thoughts. And by the here and now, that God's provision is not enough. The hymn writer says, I've tried the broken cisterns, Lord. But all the waters failed. In as I stooped to drink, they fled. And mocked me as I wailed. Now none but Christ can satisfy none other name for me. There's love and life and lasting joy, the Lord Jesus, find in thee. Thirdly, there's the sinful soul. Verse 6 says, And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Here the serpent, the serpents were reminiscent of the old serpent that was more subtle than all the beasts of the field in the Garden of Eden. It's twisted the word of God. Half God said, ye shall not surely die. God wants to keep you from being like him. And oh, the serpent still bites many today. The serpent still bites with that venomous poison. And many die with the sin coursing through the veins and into the soul. And they die without God and without Christ without hope in the world when they're launched out into a lost eternity forever, friend. Don't be the one. Many in Israel died. They were bitten by the serpent, and the venom caused them to die. Can I ask you, what has the serpent whispered into your ear this week? What has the serpent whispered into your heart this week? What has the serpent told you and twisted the word of God for you this week? Have you listened to the old serpent? Are you going to die in your sin? The sinful soul is that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But well, friend, I can tell you, there may be A discouraged soul here. There may be a murmuring soul here. There may even be a sinful soul here. But I'm trusting tonight there would be a repentant soul here. Verse 7 says, Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned and we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed, for the people. Notice they came to Moses. Moses, we've sinned against you. We have talked about you. We have run you down. We have blamed you for our backslidings. We have blamed you for what has happened. We have blamed you for where we are and the predicament we find ourselves in. We blamed God and we have blamed you, Moses. Would you please pray to God for us? I can tell you something, Christian. You keep witnessing to that one that wants not to know Christ because I can tell you, they'll eventually come to you when they need you. They'll look for a man. They'll look for a woman that knows the Lord. They'll look for them in the times when a loved one's lying in a deathbed and they say, well, is there really a heaven and is there really a hell? What about getting that man of God What about getting that preacher down? What about getting that pastor? What about getting that Christian down? They always come to you. Can you help us? Moses, we have murmured against God and talked against him and we have talked against you. Oh, please pray. They are repentant souls, repenting of their sin, repenting, Saying the serpents have come in because of our sin, because of our murmuring. And God has allowed the serpent to bite us. I can tell you something, friend. All that's going on in our world today, people ask, where is God? I can tell you, let me ask you, where was God when he was put out of the universities? Where was God when he's put out of the schools and their assemblies? Where was God when they brought in the ecumenical teaching in the so-called religious education classes? Where was God, the living God? Where was God uh, when the nation turned away from him? Where was God when the ungodly politicians in Westminster wrote a bill to slaughter babies? In the womb. Where was God then? Where was God when you were stupefied in your drink and your drugs. And fornicating and wanting nothing to do with him. But to feed the flesh. Where was God in your life? Where was God in our nation? Where was God in the churches when they put him out from the preaching of the word? And rather tell the people five ways to have a blessed life. Now ask yourself, where is God? Thank God for His grace. Thank God for His mercy. The repentant sinner came and they found, they found the Savior of the soul. The repentant soul came and they found the Savior of the soul. Verse 8, and Moses said, pardon me, and the Lord said to Moses, make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, he shall live. God says, make a brass serpent like the ones that's biting. It was, a, it was an antidote, an antithesis. Anti means in the place of. This is in the place. Put it on a pole. Lift it up and walk through Israel, he says. Walk through holding it high. Walk through and whoever looks upon it, they shall live. Friend, here's the thing. Will you look and live tonight? As we lift high the name of Jesus, as we preach the blood of Christ, the cross work of Christ, we ask you, friend, would you look and live tonight? says everyone that is bitten, looketh upon it shall live. In Isaiah 45 In verse 22, listen to what God said to Israel. Listen to this. Look unto me, and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth. Notice that. Look unto me. How do we look upon the invisible God? That great eternal spirit. How do we look upon him? He came on the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He hung and he bled and he died on the cross of Calvary. May the Holy Ghost help you to look in him tonight. I'm closing in a moment. Listen to this. Verse 9 says, And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it on a pole, and it came to pass, that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. The Lord Jesus Speaking to Nicodemus, the ruler of the Pharisees, of the Jews. He said these words in John's Gospel, chapter 3 and verse 14. Looking back to this very time, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And friend, we're lifting up the Son of Man We're lifting up the Son of God. We're lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ. We're lifting up the antidote for the serpent's venom of sin in your life. And you may have went into the world and you may have fallen away from him. Or maybe you have never come to saving faith in Christ. And you may be discouraged, Christian, because of life and the way that it's brought you. I can tell you, you may be murmuring. You may be discouraged. Friend, you may be disheartened, but I can tell you, will you look and live tonight? Everything we need is at the cross. It's through the blood of Christ. Look and live. Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. Friend, may you look upon Christ alone tonight. May God bless you tonight. May God bless His word Thank you for your coming, for your faithfulness to the drive-in, for the meeting, but the night isn't over. I'm still going to stand at the corner. told the people this this morning. I'll tell you now. got a call yesterday. A man of 84 years of age. And he was here some weeks ago for a couple of weeks. He says he was sitting in the meeting and his words were, a felt... A drawing, unsaved man. I felt like I was attached to you. To the words you were saying. I said, oh friend, you weren't drawn to me. You weren't attached to me. You were drawn by the Holy Ghost, the Calvary. The Christ. And he went home, he says, "You said to meet at the corner and I drove by drove on, I wanted to get home, and I, he says, I wanted to stop, and I wrestled with myself, and I felt this drawing so strong, and he says, I got, I, I just got out, but I can tell you, God the Holy Ghost kept wrestling and drawing with him, and I got a phone call, and I, pho- I lifted the phone Saturday morning. And I phoned him back again. I missed the call. I phoned him back again. And a man of 84 years of age, I went to see him and his daughter there. And I got down on my knees on the floor. And a man of 84 held onto the, the chair and held to his daughter's shoulder. And there he got down onto the floor himself on his knees. And he cried his way to Calvary. He seen and he looked and he lived. 84 years of age. Thank God for his long suffering and for his grace. I got a call yesterday to phone a woman, a Roman Catholic woman. She's in hospital. She's unwell at the minute and I phoned her and I told her she needed to look to live on the cross of Christ and she says yes I need to trust in the Lord alone. She cried for mercy. Friend will you? Will you? I'll be standing at the corner come and see me if you're if you're concerned for your soul, come and see us. We'd love to talk to you about the Savior and lead you to him.